Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm Pastor Carl McLaughlin from Calvary Pentecostal Church in Euless, Texas. We're located in Dallas-Fort Worth, where 8 million call DFW home. Whether you're tuning in to Sunday or Wednesday's message, we pray that you will find words of encouragement. It is our mission to provide a positive and encouraging voice in the midst of uncertainty. I pray that you will be blessed by today's episode. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now another word for workmanship or the Greek word that's translated workmanship, it's masterpiece. Now you may have got up this morning and looked in the mirror and said, this is not a masterpiece I'm looking at. <laughs> you had to do something about that, didn't you? <laughs> we all have that problem. But God can make something beautiful out of our lives. We're just so fortunate to know God. We're so fortunate to be in a oneness Pentecostal church. This is and I believe very strongly the words that Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell and the gates of death shall not prevail against it. I believe that we're a part of a church that's older than the Catholic Church. It's older than the Lutheran Church. It's older than the Methodist Church. We're a part of a church that has a great history, a great heritage. I'm so thankful for the heritage that we have in this church. You can't tell me that what happened back there in the third, fourth centuries, those councils, that blocked out all the oneness people. That didn't happen. As a matter of fact, there was a fellow by the name of Epiphanius who wrote in 375, and he pointed out many oneness groups that were in existence at that time. That was at the time when the Roman Empire became Catholic, and they made those creeds. I'm telling you, I don't want to be, I don't want to be mean-spirited Anybody who believes that God is three persons is a pagan. God is not three persons. He's one. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're living in a time when the church, I, I, I believe we're going to suffer some things in the future here. But God's going to take care of his people. God's going to take care of his people. You may be seated. 
The title of my message tonight is Masterpieces of Calvary. And I've been fortunate to, hey, that's pretty good. I didn't, I didn't put that up there. I've been fortunate during my short life, <laughs> short life, yeah. Back in 1972, my high school that I went to, the choir, and I was in the choir, made a trip to Europe. And while we were in Europe, we went to Paris. And this first slide here shows one of the things I saw when I was there in Paris. This first slide here. The first slide, I think. There we go. Everybody all right back there? <laughs> okay, okay. Mona Lisa. You're all familiar with that. It took Leonardo da Vinci uh, quite a few years to paint that. He started in 1503 and he ended up in 1519. It's a masterpiece. And I remember standing at the Louvre Museum in front of that masterpiece, and I remember looking at it and thinking, wow, this is probably, somebody would probably spend, spend millions of dollars on this. But I wouldn't pay 10 bucks at a yard sale for it myself. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't look like much to me, but it's a masterpiece. And it is well known by almost everybody. These are the next one here is by Rembrandt, which I saw in the Rijk Museum in Amsterdam, Holland, called the Night Watch. And then the next one is the Sistine Chapel. Or no, no, it's the School of Athens by Raphael. Now, you notice this picture here in the center there. There's a two men. One of them is Plato and the other one is Aristotle. And Aristotle has his hand stretched out like this. Plato has his hand pointing up. Now Plato was close to what we believe. In other words, he believed that the intangibles rule in the universe. And we know in the scripture that that Everything that's been made was made by something we cannot see, something intangible. And uh, this is a very great masterpiece. It's in the papal uh, apartments. I think my wife and I, didn't we see that when we were in Rome? And then the next one is the Sistine Chapel. That's... They wanted us to be quiet in there. But there were so many people, and they didn't want you to take pictures. And everybody was taking pictures. And it was something. But he took, he went from 1505 to 1512, Michelangelo painted the interior of the Sistine Chapel. 
considered a great masterpiece. This next one, back in the mid-70s, I actually saw this. It was on tour, and I saw it in Seattle, Washington. It's the burial mask of King Tut. I remember looking at that thing and looking for a flaw in it and uh, just amazed at the beauty of it and amazed. And then when you consider that this guy was just a minor pharaoh, he wasn't very, uh, you know, he didn't have a big brain or anything like that. And, and, and you know, when you consider all the great masterpieces that have been lost, other burial masks of greater pharaohs that have been lost in history. But this thing impressed me. I've, I've, I've seen a lot of things, been to a lot of museums, but this burial mask of King Tut was the most fantastic thing that I've ever seen. And that's the end of the slideshow. What should we do next? <laughs> you know, we as individuals have some ugly, without God, we have some ugly colors to use to make a masterpiece out of our lives. The ugly colors we have is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And no matter how hard we try, we can't, make anything good out of those colors, no matter how much we mix them together and all that. And I was 17 years old, and I was going with a woman that was a school teacher that was almost twice my age. This is before I came into the church. And I remember... Uh, Somebody, her friend invited us over to eat. And we went over to her friend's house. And we walked in the house, and what we saw when we walked in the house is we, we saw this guy with long, stringy hair and a long beard, and he was high on something. And then we went and we sat down at the table, and the, the woman that answered the door was a real kind of, you could tell she was the boss. And going back and forth was this white guy dressed like a woman, making noises like a woman. And sitting down there, we were having meatloaf. I remember this, just like it was yesterday. That was a lot of, that was over 50 years ago. And I'm sitting there and I'm telling you, inside my mind, I heard the message, you're a part of this. You fit into this. And I, I, I was fighting within my own mind this reaction, you're a part of this. You fit into this. And I... It was true. I fit into that group there that day. And another time when I was 17, 
I used my, I stole my brother's draft card. We had about the same uh, measurements, you know. And I went into a bar. And I remember that bar, it was, it was kind of a small bar and uh, there was a small area there and, and it was just crowded with people and there was loud music going on. And I remember standing there and looking at that crowd of people and seeing imps. I, I honestly, God, I saw, I, you, you don't think I'm nuts, do you? I, I actually saw these imps dancing in, up above these people that were dancing there. And, uh, you know. God had mercy on me led me to a Pentecostal church. I didn't deserve the mercy of God. I didn't deserve anything but death. But God had mercy on me. And he led me to the church and I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's kind of like light. I was baptized in the name of Jesus. And God began to make... God began to make a masterpiece out of my life. And I've sinned a lot since then. I thank God he's been merciful. I thank God he's had patience with me. But you know, God has a lot of beautiful colors to work with. We've got to learn how to give him the paintbrush. Let him do the work. Because we can't do it. We don't have the ability. We just don't have the ability to do it. But he's got some beautiful colors that he can use. He's got the color of faith. We can put faith in our lives. Virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity, healing, salvation, if we feel hopeless, he could put hope into the picture of our lives. He can give us peace and he can give us happiness. And if we get fearful, he can paint the beautiful colors of power and of love and of a sound mind. If we feel guilty, he can take away our guilt by the power of his blood. The Bible says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1, 7. He can take away that guilt. How many uh, have really had problems with guilt from your past? Now, everybody should raise their hands, but uh, God can help us through that. The best thing you can do is come to church. <laughs> Don't sit at home and watch it on the laptop. 
Let God move in his, with his presence. Let him do something for you. Take away that guilt. And then we grab the paintbrush away from God and we start painting that ugly color of pride on the canvas of our lives. I'm not talking about pride where I'm better than you. I'm talking about pride where I can do it without you. I don't need your help. I don't need you, God. We need God desperately. We need God. We can't do without him. And then almost everybody here that's over 10 years old has dealt with bitterness. Bitterness. Because somebody did you wrong. And you find it so hard to forgive. But with God, all things are possible. You can forgive. I look at my life and I can see where a lot of times I could have had bitterness in my life, but I, the Lord helped me to forgive. And he'll help you too if you'll just trust in him. Now, another thing that we saw when we were in Paris was we saw a place called Montmartre. And it's a place where aspiring artists come and show their wares. There's a square there and there's artists all around that square and you could walk around the square and see their paintings. And this story is about a, a painter, a young man who wanted to make money just off of his painting. But he wasn't good enough And because he was depending upon his painting, he, they turn off the heat in his apartment, and he somehow scraped together enough money to get the canvas and the paints for one last painting. And he said, this is going to be my masterpiece, because he realized that he was sick and that he, wasn't, he didn't have long to live. And so this woman in the area, who was a very ungodly woman, she was a brazen woman, a very ungodly prostitute. She was bad to the bone. She volunteered to pose for him because she felt sorry for him. And he began to paint her. And he, it took quite a few sessions and he would take this old rag and he'd put it over the canvas when he was through with the session. And he told her, when I'm, when I'm finished, I'll, I'll show it to you. And so finally, one day, he said, I'm finished. And she came and knocked on the door. And he opened that threadbare apartment and went over and stood by the painting and lifted that old rag up off off of the covering of the painting. And she looked at that painting 
She stared at it. And after a while, she began to curse violently and left the building. Shortly after that, the young man died, forgotten. But that painting stayed in that woman's mind's eye. And she couldn't go to sleep that night thinking about that painting because somehow that penniless dying artist had somehow painted her as a virtuous woman. That's why she cursed so much, because she knew that she wasn't that, what he painted. And she couldn't get that out of her mind. And finally, she decided, if he has that kind of faith in me, I'm going to be the way he painted me. And she became a very unselfish woman. And she got married, and she was known for her good works. And she was just uh, a changed person. Everybody thought it was a miracle that she was changed. But, you know, that was, that was a masterpiece because it lived on in that woman's life. But there's another painless dying artist 2,000 years ago. It was wanting to create a masterpiece. And he's here tonight. Can you stand with me? If you feel like you need some work on your masterpiece, I want to invite you to this altar here tonight. I think we all need work on our masterpiece. 